Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, the podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. So what qualities do you value most in the coach-mentor relationship? Number one is honesty. Okay, the more honest people are, the quicker we get to the real issues and not the symptoms that we spoke about a moment ago. And yeah. the further we go and the quicker we get there. So honesty on both parties is, is absolutely key. And trust. So this goes both ways. It's a safe, non-judgmental place. Yep. Trust is earned. Trust isn't given instantly. It's something you build upon. I try to build trust before we start any sessions so we've got a good foundation. Um, and it's something that's demonstrated openly. And openness is the next one. Openness yeah. to change. You can lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink. If you aren't ready to change, if you're not ready to go across the threshold to actually start the journey, it's not going to work. So you've got to have that within you. It's time. Now is the time. You may have been thinking about it for a while. This is the time to actually make it happen. This is time in your life. You're going to get past that sticking point and we're going to really go for it. Yeah. Um, bit of humour, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> your joke here or there, a little bit of laughter where appropriate. Makes the journey smoother for both people. Um, and acceptance accepting that things are going to change mm. and that you are going to change, the situation is going to change and you are going to live that difference. And that's that's kind of the final part of all of this really is you've got to be ready to actually get out of that sticking point. You've got to be yeah. ready to move yourself or your business forward. Accept all of this and then, you know, if you've got all those qualities, it's going to absolutely fly. Yeah. So it, it would it be important to get the... I suppose the person would have to to buy into accepting that they will need to change something, whatever that something is. Uh, but then also, because they're going to learn a lot through the coaching or mentoring or, or both. But then I suppose it gets to the stage where the individual's got to take action, right? If 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 that then becomes a sticking point, they they're saying yes, 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 all the way along, and they've got the intention, but then struggle with the the taking action part. I, I'm sure you've got a remedy for that, but as well, but I suppose <laughs> the taking action is is where it all. That's where the magic happens, right? Yeah, and and it isn't a case of you know if we book a block of say four sessions, it isn't a case if you take action on the fourth session. At the end of every single session, if it's one session, four sessions, or we work together for a year, you are taking actions at the end of every single one of those sessions because yep. there will be findings, there will be breakthroughs. There will be different ways to approach things. There'll be different tools you could be using, different ways of communicating. Yeah. There's a million different things we've got to have gone through that need and will be changing. So you've got to be ready for that. And it, change can be a bit painful. It can be a little bit, uh, but it's practicing it and actually living it that then makes it easy. So everything yeah. is difficult until it becomes easy and everything is easy when it's no longer difficult. I say that really often. And I think that's really key for us to you know, get into that uncomfortable zone, push ourselves yeah. right into it. And after a while, it becomes easier and easier. It becomes normal, it becomes natural. And you're ready to grow again and again and again. And you keep on moving up and up. So, yeah, for me, I think acceptance all the way through, not just at the end of the session. Yeah, brilliant. What's the expected duration of a coaching mentoring relationship? And I guess that would that would differ depending on the circumstances as well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, this is something we're very clear about up front as well. So my sort of onboarding when I start working with someone is 15 minute. Right? What's the problem? What's the issues? Is it something I can fix or not? If 
I can't fix it, I'm very, very blunt about it. But what I will do is recommend or, or show you someone that can potentially fix it or solve your problem. Okay. We then move into a, a the next session will be, there'll be a little bit of homework for them to do, a bit of homework for me to do. We'll then look at different ways to maybe solve the problem and issues that they've got and a program or a one-off session booking to do it. Yep. Some homework from that again, and then bang, into the actual paying session. So all of that's free to get us where we need to be, yep. get the power. So that then will be agreed before we even start how many sessions it will be. One, three, four, six a year, whatever you particularly need. Um, so if you come to a problem, so communication breakdown between teams, you can probably sort that out in one session or two sessions. You're looking for a mentor or a guide to kind of take you through future business growth development or moving into new markets or uh, create an ongoing relationship that this can last for, for months and in some cases years to be totally honest mm. but what you do tend to find in that situation is initially you will have weekly bi-weekly or monthly meetings but then over time it becomes more of a, a reach in for a conversation and challenge every quarter maybe every six yeah. months maybe once yeah. a year so again it's kind of bespoke it's really difficult to give a number it depends on what you need as an individual but what i do absolutely guarantee is it will be the minimum number possible to get yep. the problem solved I, I don't believe in self-perpetuating the work i believe in you're coming to me to solve a problem if i can solve it in one we'll solve it in one and that, that's me happy and that's you happy um it's not a case of well yeah we've almost solved it in the first session let's put another session on another session on and i've seen people do that and that's a little yeah. bit um yeah, that's against my morals and my beliefs and as you know very well that's not Absolutely. how I would expect others to. So each each uh, coachee or mentee will have a, a different set of circumstances, different problems, sticking points, different areas for development, um, and so you, you'll you'll tailor your approach to their individual needs. How do you actually go about doing that, though? I mean, is there a set formula or process that you use, or? Uh, very much like when I said a moment ago, it's, it's my onboarding process with anyone that I work with is a way of understanding um, what their needs and what their goals are for that individual. Yeah. So it is about, before we even start working together, having a, a really deep conversation around what the issue is, face-to-face um, -face or via Zoom. Um, we'll look at if I can help to start off with. And then we yeah. look at what the problem needs solving is, how many sessions may be needed, um, then it's hung with both parties, and then we start working through it. So... It is, it is bespoke. Um, there's not a one-size-fits-all, but there is always uh, a lot of conversations had before we start working together to make sure we've got the right match. Yeah. And and we have got solutions that, that can solve the problems they've got. Yeah. So in terms of um, senior executives, um, I mean, that's the, the sort of, you know, the world that I live in these days with, with my mm. executive search business. Um, I think it's fair to say that many... Many executives have probably at some point or either on an ongoing basis have experienced or utilized coaching and or mentoring, but there are some that don't get that opportunity and some that are maybe stepping up from a managerial role um, where they, they might have had some, you know, development, but maybe they haven't had any formal coaching and, and, and mentoring. How does, how does coaching and mentoring contribute to senior executive professional development that's an interesting point interesting point that you make about a lot of senior executives will have had coaching and mentoring in one way shape or form only 37 percent of senior executives have actually ever had a coach or mentor wow i thought it was quite a lot higher than that that's surprising it, it really isn't in the UK. yeah 
And yet 97% of those that have said it's highly impactful and valuable and made a big difference on their, their life, their world and their businesses. Yeah. So not a lot of people, 37% have actually had one, but 97%, that's a big number. And I can back all of this up with statistics and research. We can we can reference this. That's pretty compelling, isn't it? You, are, I mean, based on that, you'd think that every every executive or or manager would would be you know screaming out for for coaching, uh, coaching and or, or mentoring. Um, I, well, I mean, you ask what can you do for the person? Yeah, it's literally like bringing two brains to the boardroom. Yeah, you'll bring another executive with you in your pocket as your as your your confidant. You're bringing that board level experience. So yeah. whenever you're approaching a challenge, um, you're being challenged by those around you, um, any company issues that, that sort of come along, you've got a second brain. So it's, it's almost an unfair advantage for them to have yeah. in the boardroom. Yeah. You don't need to have the solutions there and then necessarily, but you can bring it back into your next session and we can then chew, chew around it and bring challenge and bring positive challenge back into the board. So it gives you that space to think. It also gives you that different thinking to bring back into the business. So it, it changes what you are to a business really, really quickly. And it, it doesn't just help you. It helps those around you because the yeah. thinking is changing all the time. Um, another point as well is it's not just about senior executives. It is also about the business owners and CEOs. Yep, absolutely. 84% of those have actually said that having a mentor helped them not have a massive cost. So having that safe space to chew through ideas and to bounce ideas and to have positive change brought to them has stopped them from falling over. And I yeah. think that's a really important thing here because when you are at the very top, who do you reach to? Who do you talk to? If you are emotionally aware and emotionally intelligent, you'll reach out to your board and you'll reach out to who's around you. But a lot of people feel that they can't or they shouldn't. So yeah. they sit there, basically their own, their own prisoner. Um, yeah. So yeah, having someone like a mentor in place makes a big difference. Yeah. Going so back to individuals, sorry, I just got, this is another, this is, I'm throwing some stats at you. I've been doing a bit of research on this. Go ones. on. Um, <laughs> A mentee is five times, five times more likely to get promoted than their peers. Okay, so just have to think about that. If you had the opportunity to be five times more likely to be promoted, what does that mean to you? A, within your business, or B, within the business you're, you're looking to go into. You are going yeah. to be that person that comes with the solutions. You are going to be the person that comes with the different thinking. You are going to be the person that can take challenge and turn it around into something positive rather than maybe see it that's holding you back. Yeah. Um, and 94% of employees stay longer at a company if they are being coached and mentored. So it's so given a real edge, promoted. isn't it? You're going to stay there. Exactly. I mean, what does that sound like to you? What would that look like to any of your clients? 94% of employees staying with them longer. What would that do to their, their recruitment costs? What would that do to all of their turnover of staff, staff morale, well-being? There's just some massive benefits there. Yeah. And it will also help attract people in the first place, won't it? You know, uh, if they're growing businesses and they need extra, extra, you know, managers, executives, or you know, further on down the uh, down the down the down the line, um, I think becoming an employer of choice is becoming more and more important for any business these days. So the whole, you know, coaching and mentoring thing, giving giving individuals this edge—that's how I—that's that's the sort of word that's coming into my mind at the moment. It's giving you that sort of that that edge to be you know ahead of the game and maybe ahead of uh your com competitors colleagues for example if you're looking for promotion and development it's just giving you giving you that edge that you might not necessarily find yourself you know you might not be able to sharpen yourself to a, a you know a sharp enough point um 
so it, it does seem like a no-brainer to me uh, when when you when you put it like that. Well, that's also why we're set up the joint venture. Let's be honest. At the end of the day, I'm sure we'll be talking more about that, but it's making sure <laughs> we we can help yeah. companies and individuals have that that edge. Absolutely. So let's talk about the you know what what's involved from a you know an input point of view from the mentee or coachee. You know what what sort of level of commitment and an effort is usually expected for for the for the the sort of coaching and mentoring relationship okay well this is you're not going to expect this one it's not always going to be comfortable when it's going to be hard work it will create more work or it creates less work so let's be honest about that because we've got to sort out the problems we've got to find resolutions we've got to do things differently yeah. so initially uh, the commitment is that you have the capacity or you will make the capacity to have a little bit higher higher workload now it sounds counterproductive because a lot of the reason people come to me is they've got an unmanageable workload. So I'm very, very clear up front. Yeah, a little bit of pain now, a lot of gain going yeah. forward. So that is the bare minimum. Obviously, you know, the length of the, the, the hour hours that we work together is a bare minimum, but that's really the starting point. I do say, and you've heard me say this many times, don't make me a sandwich when we work together. Yeah. Make me pizza, but don't make me a sandwich when we work together. <laughs> uh, um, so before we actually have a session, there's homework. I've mentioned it a lot. Okay. There's lots of assessments and, and ways to understand how you like to communicate and how you like to be communicated to. Yeah. This is great for personal awareness and self-awareness. It's also great for understanding why maybe you aren't getting on with other people in the business or why relationships aren't working and how to adapt to be emotionally more intelligent to let them have their thinking understanding as well. So we do a lot of work on that before we start anywhere at all. And it also makes the sessions a lot smoother because it helps me understand how best to communicate with you as an individual and how best to work with you to get the most effective response and results for you. Um, during the actual sessions, just be 100% present. Okay, Be honest and upfront. The more you give, the more explosive and transformative it will be. So the, the commitment is once you're there, everything else is off. You know, it isn't a case of, oh, I've got a quick phone call to make or oh, I've got to go and do this. No, literally, if we've booked an hour, don't think you're leaving after three quarters of an hour. Um, and don't book back-to-back -back meetings if possible. Okay, it's not always possible, but don't if you don't have to, because if we're making massive progress, the odds are on we may well overrun. Okay, yep. you've, booked, you've booked an hour with me, but it would be disingenuous of me if at the 50 minutes session, we're about to have a massive breakthrough at that point of finding the solution. I'm not going to break it off to say, right, we'll start again next week or next month or whenever we meet up next. It will be, we need to roll this a little bit further. So leave a little bit of breathing space yeah. For it to potentially overrun. Um, and also to take time to reflect afterwards, to go straight into another meeting, straight after it. The brain is absorbing a lot of this great information and different ways of doing things. Yeah. And it needs that little bit of breathing space. So yeah, if possible, I'll say, if you can, get out for a walk, whether it's around the car park or whether it's you know, out in nature or out in your garden or somewhere, just, just reflect on it. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour if you've got it. And also just think through some of the notes that you've taken through that meeting. So you've got it. So it really starts to sink in straight away. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And uh, um, one of my pet hates is, is back-to-back -back meetings, you know, as a, as a business owner, I don't book back-to-back -back meetings. Um, I, I'd never have done when I've worked for other businesses either. Um, I've worked with a lot of people that have done that and I've seen them tear us in around, you know, out of one meeting into another, out of that one into another. How can you, how can you be fully present in your next meeting if you've still got baggage in your head from the meeting you've just come out of? You know, I just think it's crazy. And, 
you know, people just need to slow down a little bit. You know, it's just uh, it, it's counterproductive. So, um, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have been guilty of that in the past. I think we all have. You know, you're working, you're, you are on the wheel spinning it. But what I've learned to do through my career is actually book out blocks before meetings and after meetings. So my diary is booked. He's been the yep. prep time before. So I'm going in sharp and ready rather than with just paperwork or a laptop or whatever and, and start when I hit. And also afterwards, it gives me that little bit of decompress and time to get ready for the next one. Yep. Stick half an hour in your diary either side or run 45 minute meetings not hour meetings you've got the hour you don't need the whole hour most of the time you've got to spare 15 minutes at the end there, yeah. there are lots of ways to not run on the wheel and that's kind of more work side off with less work when we work together eventually as i, as I touched on earlier yeah and that's probably a a, a podcast topic all on its own you know <laughs> uh how to, how to run effective meetings uh it's it's a proper bone of contention no. with a lot of people so let's let's park that one for now <laughs> and uh we'll, we will definitely circle back to that at some point over the over the coming weeks and months with more of these leadership podcasts so um okay well thanks for that john um now i was going to ask you about confidentiality because uh for me it, it's it's a given you know if, if you're talking to somebody whether they're an executive or a manager or somebody on the shop floor you know if you're trying to help somebody and they're you know coming to you with their scenario their challenges their problems their fears worries whatever it might be um there is that trust element that you um you, that you mentioned earlier and that that's vital and you've got to have that on both sides of course um but it, it certainly at the well, at the executive end, I mean, you've you've got to have confidentiality all the way through. But, you know, when you've got real business sensitive situations that could impact uh, maybe a company uh, going down the pan or surviving or having to lay off people or, yeah. or you know, grow the business, uh, whatever it might be, or, you know, there's some really sensitive financial, uh, you know, implications. How, how do you actually ensure that there is that total confidentiality. I mean, in my business, you know, I, I get candidates to sign NDAs if I'm talking about a confidential search mm -hmm. assignment. Um, and I do offer, you know, to my clients as well, if they would like me to sign an NDA about their business before we, um, you know, commence a, a, a project together. Now, I've, I've never been taken up on that once yet because there is that that trust. But how do you how do you deal with that whole confidentiality piece? There's, there's two or three parts to that and completely same as you just said there the, the nda is is a pretty easy one to start off with if there isn't that level of trust or if there is that level of exposure but a lot of these companies a lot of these people that i'm talking to and working with they are running companies they are running divisions they are sitting yeah. on the board so the problems they are facing are high level top level and inevitably expensive so that's yeah. why they've called someone in because they've got to a point they can't get any further with it so i'm looking at the financial records of the business i'm looking at the um, the recruiting plans, I'm looking at the layoff plans, I'm looking at everything in between with them. So more than happy to sign an NDA, I've obviously got my own as well. Yep. Um, it is a completely safe environment, a confidential space between a coach mentor and the coachee mentee. Okay, that is a straight line is, is that trust. If there's any doubt about that level of trust or that belief or that commitment, the individual walk away straight away because otherwise the things are held back. So for me, if you've been proven yourself, everything stays 100% in the room. Right, everything completely so if you are an executive that wants to work with me everything's between you and i and that's yep. the growth plan that we work on 
if you are a company employing me to help a new employer or a new senior executive or a senior executive you got there, then we have a brokering meeting. Okay. So in that, we agree what we're working on, what desired outcome and specific goals are, and the measures that we're working towards in that coaching and mentoring session. And that brokering session is done with most likely HR, the head of HR, the direct line manager, and the individual. So yep. everyone knows what we're working on, what the plans are. That's the top line, that's the top level, all bought into, all signed off on. So that's effectively the contract that's signed off on. Okay. Um, that'll be reported back on a top level of updates created by the coachee, stroke mentee, not me. So updates from that that will agree, obviously, to make sure it's in line yeah. with what we're doing. Um, they will then publish that themselves back into the business. So that is the confidentiality that what they do or don't want to share, what they don't feel comfortable with. That's safe and confidential. Um, how can you expect someone to really open up and be honest if there's a fear that what you're doing with them is going to be thrown out and airs at any point to their direct line manager or to yeah. HR? Or you can't, you you won't, and you can't trust someone, and you shouldn't trust someone if there's even any slight risk of that. Um, so yeah, and really, any other concerns or questions that might be raised in the session are only shared if, especially requested by yeah. the coachee, stroke mentee. Otherwise, yeah. we work together, they, they stay there. And sometimes I am asked to raise concerns and issues because they don't feel comfortable having those conversations. And obviously, the best case scenario is I work with them to have those conversations. But if there's an immediate fix that needs to happen you know, instantly, there are times when I have had to take conversation out of that room and maybe have general conversations further around in the business to make sure that support's happening or resources put in place to mitigate risks or problems. But again, it's different for every individual, but the trust and the level of privacy doesn't change. Okay, so we, we've we've sort of spoken on a number of different levels around the the mentee, the coachee. Um, what about the organisations then that are, you know, inviting you in or have a need for coaching and, and, and mentoring? What what are the main sort of benefits to? the business or the organization itself um you know sort of top level overarching benefits of co coaching and mentoring well get ready i'm going to hit you with loads of stats on this one <laughs> go on <laughs> um just because i think it's important to back up a lot of what we're talking about here with actual hard evidence and numbers that this is what it does do this is what it can do for businesses if it's done correctly so just as transformative as it is for an individual it can be and it is for businesses it brings different thinking, different approaches, new strategies, improved problem solving, different processes, better communication skills, yep. developing high-performing teams, getting them past roadblocks, and really it's, it's getting them past their competition or through their competition potentially and helping embed them with their clients and their customers and building those relationships. So all of this is the sort of thing that we work towards and all of those points I've just mentioned are different blocking points and sticking points that I have and I do work on with people to move them through it so again the benefits to a company is what is it you are stuck on what is it that's holding your company back and if you don't know we can work on finding that as well but that is the benefit to you as you and your company and that for me is the exciting part about it yeah. I can go to three company owners in the same industry have the same problem but they'll need three different solutions so every time it's slightly different depending on where they are on their journey and the resource and support and what they've done thus far to try and get past the problem. So every single one is, is different and every individual and every business is different. Um, and this is a huge generalisation, but the US are way ahead of us yeah. in coaching and mentoring. Um, I say it's a huge generalisation. 77% of the Fortune 500 companies 
have basically said that coaching and mentoring is in place and it's having a significant impact on their business. 100% of Fortune 50, 50 companies have it in place. So just think about that. Yeah. The most influential, the most sought-after companies in the States, 100% of the top 50 have coaching and mentoring in place. Yeah. That, for me, says something. It speaks volumes. Is, <laughs> yeah. And also 96% of companies employ executive coach, so they would repeat the process again. So you bring someone into problem solve, you bring someone in to help bring someone into the business and to onboard them, or you help get the board to become more cohesive. It isn't an ongoing role a lot of the time. It is a come in and fix and then move move on. Yeah. But they will repeat it because they've had such a great success from it. I've got two more to throw at you, and then I'll, then I'll stop on the stats for a bit. <laughs> 89% of people who have been mentored will go on to mentor. Yes, I've heard that one. Okay. That, for me, is huge. What does that mean? What, what does it, just, just think about that for a second. That means it was successful for you. It, meant, it helped you. It meant you want to be able to do that for other people. Yeah. What a great leader you are, by the way. Uh, it also means that all those silos of knowledge within your organization open. You're not just going up and down. You're, you're mentoring and coaching sideways, potentially. You are also, and I love this one, you are reverse mentoring. So you yep. are bringing fresh talent into your business and you're learning from them because there are generations that know a heck of a lot more about technology, social media, marketing, and it's changing daily. Um, bringing those in and learning from them is yeah. actually helping develop senior executives as well. So, yeah, there's a real, once the knowledge and sharing starts in a business, it's just... It, it opens it, it transforms the business and the way it works the well-being of the individuals the retention of staff uh the list goes on i mean literally i could, I could find a hundred things to give you reasons but yeah the last thing yeah. i'll leave okay on, on this particular point <clears throat> if for any other reason you you're not sure about doing it as a business or you're feeling that is it worth me doing it 19 percent of companies who employ coaches and mentors saw a 50 times return on their investment if you're bobbing accounts and you're thinking about this right now, 50 times your investment. Yeah. And even the average is a 788% return on the investment. Wow. Okay. So if you think, if you're on the fence about it from a commercial perspective, yeah, it literally pays for itself 50 fold for 19% of companies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, yeah, there are, there are, there are so many ways this pays for itself. We're working with companies as we speak onboarding the difference that can make there speaks for itself retaining that person and, and growing them and developing them yeah. rather than the cost of replacing what was the statistic the other day what's the cost of actually replacing a senior executive i heard it's anywhere between two to three and a half times their gross salary in downtime and in retraining time and in recruiting and etc etc knock them out of business if you're doing proper onboarding, if you're doing coaching and mentoring to help unblock issues within the business and help individuals grow and develop, that cost is just basically goes straight onto your bottom line, effectively. Yeah, there's quite and, a few stats go that, that I've seen on that. Uh, you know, cost of cost of replacing people. Um, but whatever the numbers are, I mean, a number is just a number. But I, I think there's a lot of hidden um, hidden costs there as well that people you know, don't always factor in such as, you know, you, you get an executive hire wrong. They're not onboarded properly. They're not, they're not communicated to in the right way. They're not sort of developed, supported, you know, it sends out 
you know, ripples into the market. You lose face with your customers. You, you know, you've got a reputation in the business, particularly if you're a, you know, if you're a, a leading business or or an, or even an up and coming business. Doesn't really matter. Um, you know, there's the morale within the business. So the fact that an executive hasn't um, hasn't made it um, can have a dramatic effect on the profits of the business. The, the, the staff turnover lower on down the organization. So your productivity will take a hit. Your productivity takes a hit. So your customers are unhappy. Uh, as I said, the reputation in the market, it, it's, you know, all of these things, um, you know, it affect it, it can affect your sales, um, you know, your sales turnover, your profitability. There's so many things. It's, it's not just the cost of the, oh, we got to go out and recruit again. That's going to cost us money. So we're going to have to maybe pay a bit more to get a better person yes that these are all basic things but it's it's that wider knock-on effect that you can't really put a a figure on but it should be added on to the you know the the the, the usual cost of rehiring um so get it right in the first place um develop your people and I, you know this is a, rec a, a recruiter i'm a headhunter so you know i'm sort of selling against my services in a way because i'm thinking if you if you treat your people well you look for the right people in the first place you onboard them you support them you develop them you're gonna have less churn um and you're gonna save yourselves money you know from recruitment costs alone but you're gonna make it easier you know finding people in the future um when you do look to recruit through whatever method you use um you can have people you know hopefully breaking down the door to come and work for you because you're such a great organization so that oh, this is probably another another podcast in itself as well yes, you know easily i mean don't we, even we get could... me on the whole well-being side of things <laughs> and if you truly believe about well-being in an organization um, absolutely why are, you, why are you not doing this um it's just yeah it becomes once once you've done it once you understand it it becomes a bit of a no-brainer to be honest yeah. but it's actually taking getting to the threshold and taking that step to go across the line to start doing it um, absolutely and, and a great point you made the other day when we were talking okay you're advertising for a new senior executive you are putting on that job spec that you are including coaching and mentoring for them for a duration of xyz what does that say to them it says it says you value them already before they're even there it says you're looking to carry on growing and developing them it also says you've got an environment of openness and growth it's not a case you're bringing them in to burn them you're bringing them in to actually help them grow them further and get more from them to help you it's just it's a win-win it's just it's just crazy not to be advertising things like that when you're you're looking because that will, that will pull talent out of other businesses people that aren't happy if they see you doing that it shows that your your culture uh, along with all of your other pillars as well obviously it shows that your yep. culture within the organization is one to, to jump to not from okay so that wraps up today's uh, episode of insights for manufacturing leadership uh hope you've enjoyed our discussion thanks again to john Thank you for listening and look out for the next episode of Insights for Manufacturing. See you next time and bye-bye.